0: A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo.
1: It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series.
0: I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game. Sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. And welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Now hanging out with Obstructed View. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but we're just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball. And, of course, the 2016 World Series Champion Cubs. Good day. This is Ken. I am Rice Cube on the socials. Me today is uh, Twitter buddy, Tyler who goes by at running flannel on the Twitters. How are you doing, sir?
1: Hello, I am doing quite well. How are you doing?
0: As well as could be, and we'll get into (laughs) that in a moment. For all non-Cubs areas of life, I think I'm doing pretty well. In terms of what people came to tune in for, not so hot. And I think there's a general malaise and anger and whatnot going around on social media and throughout the fan base because of things that basically did not happen. So I guess we'll just basically uh, talk about what did happen or lack thereof and how the Cubs can still salvage this mess. So what do you think of that as a plan? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. That sounds good.
1: Uh, The Cubs plan does not sound good. I would say. <laughs> Whatever plan it is.
0: That is absolutely As fair. gave away to summer, Past the Ivy dreams. Toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow. Let's go with the timeline. So the season is about to end and it has ended. Uh the World Series happened. Jed Hoyer had his end of season conference and Tom Ricketts sent a letter. I assume you subscribe to the Cubs email and the letter was pretty much like we were going to be repressive. We will be intelligently spending very much echoing what Jed said. I guess that gave us a little bit of hope, right? Uh, that they would be signing some really big names and there are some really big names coming off. Off into free agency, and unfortunately, they're all like Mets now. So, <laughs> what the hell just happened? I know there was
1: such a buzz. I remember at the end of the season, thinking like this was the off season. They were, you know, we were gonna have the one year, the one year that it was gonna be kind of rebuildy, but not really, because we had Seiya, we got Strowman, didn't trade Hap, didn't trade Contreras. We were gonna go into this off season, guns a blazing, sign Correa maybe pick up some big arms and go into next year ready to compete. That felt like the message that they were trying to send. And then I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if something changed or if they are just bad at telegraphing their intentions. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous, right? Because uh, I didn't hear it on the radio because I'm no longer in Chicagoland. So some folks are saying that Crane Canny went on the radio and basically said Jed Hoyer has all the money he needs to spend to make this mm-hmm. a great team. So it almost feels like they're throwing him under the bus for whatever this is. I, I honestly don't know. There are like three basic possibilities. One is that uh, there is a plan, but Carlos Correa was never part of that plan. It would have been uh, nice to have, but they mm-hmm. were always going to go for Swanson. So in my mind, Correa, Bogart, and Trey Turner were 1A, 1B, and 1C. I would have been happy with any of them. Yeah. But Dansby Swanson was always the fallback because of various things that we can talk about later. And now they basically have no choice. Trey Turner is a Phillies. Xander Bogarts went to the Padres because they apparently have fun, tons of money to spend and they couldn't give it to Aaron Judge. So here, Bogarts have the 13-year deal. Do you remember if it was 11 or 13 for, for Bogarts? That was a lot. Xander got
1: 11. just gotcha. the third The final boss, shortstop, got 13 years.
0: Yeah, and Trey also got 11, I think. I I think that's the going rate. Like, they should have been able to pivot, but they didn't. So I think at some point, either the money doesn't actually exist Mm -hmm. or the plan was never to go that crazy with the money. Either of those seems unexcusable for this team.
1: Yeah, I I fear that Jed and the Cubs brass... Are stubborn. I am afraid that's their fatal flaw. That they have their models and they have like what they think is a fair amount of money and an amount of years to give a player, and they don't want to be beat on that. And they're willing to let other teams spend maybe what they would call like dumb money on players that don't deserve it. That's my fear. I don't have like an inside scoop. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if they are making big competitive offers and just aren't being accepted. But I'm afraid. They are just not willing. They're not willing to meet the market in the way the market's evolved this off season in particular.
0: Right, and I hope that's not the case because I I feel that just based on what we've seen with the farm system over the past couple of years, they've been able to build it back up again. Like you're not seeing too many bright-eyed, starred. Star players like when mm-hmm. we had uh, Chris Bryant and Avi Baez and everybody else, you know. So there's no sure thing, but you can at least see see the system getting built up with depth. I feel like at this point, if you're relying on prospects, it's a fool's errand because we simply don't know what these guys can do. Like we have a good idea, but I don't think you can rely on them. You can put your all your eggs in the prospect basket like you did, you know, a, a decade ago. However. If that's that's the case, you want to throw all your financial resources, which the Cubs should have, in spades. Like they built a sports book, they built up Wrigleyville, they have merchandising and whatnot. So
1: the whole sell of Marquee was that it was going to mean more money for the team. And I mean, where where is it
0: now? I'm not in Chicago. I believe you are. And do do you subscribe to Marquee?
1: I do do not. Nope. I. I don't. It the, it just, it costs too much money.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, and, and I feel like they're having ratings problems, right? Yeah.
1: Because and especially, you know, if you're trying to convince people to go out, you know, now, at least where I'm at, you have to go out of your way if you want to watch a Cubs game. Um, you have to make sure you're getting the right cable package or the right streaming package to watch them. And they're not giving me or other fans a ton of reasons to go out of your, you know, if they had signed Carlos Correa, and they signed, uh, you know, they got tie on, but if they had gone out and got like Rodon, which is still technically possible, but I don't think that's happening, right? If they had gone and spent some money, maybe I feel a little bit more uh, like I need to get in on that and I should get the Marquee Sports Network. But I don't feel like they've given me much of a reason to go out of my way to give them that money. And so I just have to watch my Cubs games uh, in redacted ways.
0: I totally understand that. Like we did have a free MLB.TV account uh, for a little bit towards the end of the season. And that was a lot of fun. But the only reason I was able to watch Cubs games is because we're not blacked out over here because I'm in California. So if I was in Chicago, I would not be able to watch Cubs games at all because WGN's gone and they're not on Comcast Sportsnet anymore. And. You know, I, I guess they're not doing the ABC games anymore because everything's on marquee now, right? Yeah. So there's very little way for us to access it affordably. And plus tickets are crazy high priced. And that that's why we see a lot of uh, talk about season tickets holders just not renewing. Mm-hmm. So with that level of desperation, you'd think they'd do something, but they they essentially lost out on the cream of the crop of this free agent market.
1: Yeah. And that's I mean, that's what it feels like when Crane Kenny goes on the radio and tells everyone that the pocketbooks are open. Right. And we get the David Kaplan report that Jed has all the money he needs to spend. That sounds a little bit like desperation from ownership. Like, please, please go get us a good team. And I don't know if that's the messaging internally, if that's, you know, if Jed gets a call or a text from, you know, Tom Ricketts, I don't know if it actually says Go give Carlos Correa $350 million. But that's what we heard, right? And that yeah. sounds like we recognize that the Cubs had the 11th best uh, attendance in MLB last year, which for a team that has kind of staked its claim on people will come and watch us no matter how bad we are because we're the Cubs and we play at Wrigley Field, that's to be outside the top 10 is inexcusable, right? And so attendance drop ratings drop, you would think there would be some push from the people who ultimately have the most financially to gain or lose from people not watching the Cubs to like give people a reason to watch. But I don't know if Jed and the front office, if they're getting a different message or if they just have a way that they think is the smart way to build a baseball team and that runs counter to what people on the outside want to watch and the process they wanna watch.
0: I feel like there's a way to salvage this, but to just put it into perspective, you're giving like late 20s, early 30s, short stops, 11 to 13 years. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of take a look at the annual value and it, it's like they're basically giving that much money over that long of a time to depress the, the CBT hit, the competitive balance tax hit in a way it's kind of like they're deferring it. So you're not actually paying them to be good for a decade. You're paying them for to be good for seven years and then basically deferring the, the remainder. So I, I feel like that in that sense it's a pretty smart accounting on their part. Yes. I, I don't know why MLB is letting them do it, but I feel like they probably need to look at that over the next CBA. But anyway, that's that's what I'm seeing is For the old guys, like Abreu and Verlander, of course, they're going to get shorter deals because you can't really expect their arms to stay attached to their bodies forever, right? But for the young guys, it it does make sense to stretch that over the long haul, and if they give you something by the time they're 40... Then great. If not, then you know they've already given you the best years of their lives towards the beginning, and that's really what you're paying for. So to not even to be willing to to invest in those good years when they are available, like next year these guys aren't available. They're already signed, and you'll have to trade for them if anything happens. And if that's the case, then obviously something disastrous happened to them with their new team, right? So that's not never going to happen again. Like basically these are as close to non-fungible tokens as you can get <laughs> with players, right?
1: Carlos yeah, cannot be funged. Don't even try it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing is, though, what I keep coming back to, is the $25 million the San Francisco Giants are going to be paying Carlos Correa in 2035 is not $25 million in 2022 money, right? That, that will contract, that money they'll be paying him, will be worth less than the $25 million they're paying him next year. And in theory, the luxury tax uh, thresholds will be much higher by the mid 2030s when he is 40 years old. And so the space in the salary uh, in the payroll that he's going to be taking up is just going to be smaller by then anyway. And so I think that's another reason that these 11, 12, 13 year contracts make a lot of sense. Uh, These deals, they get progressively less valuable or they become progressively less of a burden just in the like buying power of that money over time. And so I don't think in 2033, if the Giants are good in the next couple of years and Carlos Correa helps them win another ring or win another pennant, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, man, I can't believe we gave Carlos Correa this big contract. Like now we can't do anything. Uh, we should have just let 38-year-old Brandon Crawford play shortstop again back in 2023. I don't think people are going to be saying that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I look at the Phillies, right? They went over. Did they go over the attacks uh, this past season? I feel I, like they did.
1: I imagine they did.
0: Yeah. And they're just like, well, we got the pennant. We lost in six games. Let's just spend some more money. And so they got Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just and suddenly like
1: they have one of the best five shortstops in baseball and one of the best leadoff
0: hitters in baseball. Right. And to the point of are the Cubs competitive enough, right? Are, are they good enough to attract free agents on those merits? I don't think it matters because the Rangers were complete trash last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the year before that, they signed Corey Seager and and Marcus Simeon, and now they signed Jacob DeGrom to a big contract. So it's not like that matters as much as the total dollars that they're throwing at a guy, right? So I feel like if the Cubs had made a genuine offer, Carlos Correa would be a Cub. He would have been a cup last year.: Yeah, you know. So it, it's kind of mind-boggling how their strategy just didn't comport. At some point, they stopped being adaptable, as I think you alluded to earlier. And that's really to their detriment, because now not only do you not have to start to help bolster the next offseason when you can attract more free agents you're also going to lose out on the fans that would have been excited for that start. And that's really super unfortunate.
1: And the Cubs, I mean, people say it all the time. It's almost a cliche, but they play in the third largest market in the country. This franchise is one of the top five most valuable franchises in the league. Like, I, There's no excuse to me to not just go spend that money to at least field a team every year that has a chance to be competitive. Do they need to be the Astros or the Dodgers or the Yankees every single year. No, but I think the giants model of sign decent players, be smart about some good reclamation projects, bring in a guy like Rodon on a one-year deal. When that opportunity arises, go out and get the Carlos Correa. And then who knows, maybe you luck into a year where you win 101 games, even when it doesn't work out, at least you gave it a try if the Cubs don't do much else for this off season and they, this is the roster they trudge out there in 2023. I don't think you're going to be hearing people say, Oh, well, at least they tried to field a competitive team this year. I, I look at this roster and I'm thinking like 81 games, if it all breaks, right.
0: So 81 wins, basically yeah. a 500 club with a yeah. uh, and a uh, Billinger. So the way I'm thinking about it now is without another bet, and even with the Dansby Swanson, you don't have too much of an offense. You can kind of expect a little bit of bounce back or a step forward, I guess, from a few guys. Like yep. maybe Nick Madrigal remembers he's supposed to <laughs> hit for contact. Maybe Nick, Nico Horner develops more power. Maybe Sia takes a step forward. Maybe yeah, have, so I think uh, he has is is the- consistent, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah, Say is the key guy, I think. If there's anyone on this roster that I think could turn into a superstar next year, it's Saya Suzuki. Uh, I don't look at anyone else on this roster and think, like I think that guy's gonna put up a seven horse season next year. I think Say is the only guy that's capable of it, and I, it's unfair to expect that from him in his second year in Major League Baseball. They need somebody that has a capability of giving them a big season because without a big season, I don't know where the surprises happen, even if those things, you know, Nick Madrigal figures it out. Nico takes another step forward. Hap continues to be good or just takes even another step forward. I think even then there's just not enough firepower in the rest of that roster to make this a team that we can feel even has a shot at like that third wild card looking, comparing yeah. the Cubs roster to the other rosters that are kind of in the same boat as them in the national league. I think those teams just have, more to them. And we'll, I think those teams will be more competitive.
0: Right. Because, well, the Brewers did just trade for Wilson Contreras' brother William. So that doesn't help much. But I also feel this version of the Cubs should be able to compete fairly well with the Brewers. So really, yeah. we're looking to bounce over the Brewers and try to compete with the Cardinals because basically you just need to win that division to get into the playoffs because I don't think that card's coming out of this division. No. So now we just need to find essentially 10 more wins from the, the 500 record. I, I saw Ian Happ was very excited about uh, Bellinger being signed, and we thought that Bellinger and Jamison and Tyon were the, the first wave of signings. Yes. And now we have to wait until basically after Dansby Swanson's honeymoon to see what what happens next i don't think we put our eggs in the swanson basket as we would with the other three shortstuffs because swanson while he would push nico to second and you'd have essentially airtight up the middle defense we still need a bat they, the Skit cubs still need to score more than a run a game right so so <laughs> yeah. we need to look for some bats, man So i have the mlb trade rumors 2023 free agent list in front of me at this time they figured out the center fielder so that's good uh i mean essentially they need two more bats at least because i i think i trust nico's contact i trust hap i trust saya and then <laughs> that's about it like Corey bellinger is whatever he gives you is icing on the cake right yeah. along with being a competent center fielder. So you need a catcher and you need a a corner uh infielders, right? When I'm looking at a catcher, the only name now that uh the Twins signed, signed Christian Vasquez is Omar Novaez in my mind. That's the best available free agent catcher. And after that, you pretty much have to trade for somebody and you can't trade for Sam Murphy because the Braves did that. So <laughs> That that basically means you, you have the Toronto guy. So if we forget about trades for a moment, because that, that can go any number of ways, because essentially, like for the right price, everybody's available in trade, but not everybody's available in free agency, then I think it's Narvaez. And it, it makes for a good platoon with Jan Gomes, in my mind.
1: Yeah, I would be okay with Omar Narvaez. Uh, I think that he gives you offensive... Upside. Looking at his numbers last year, they weren't. He only played in 84 games, but he was not good, right? I'm looking at a 5.97 OPS. He has done it before. He's been a big, big for the catcher position, a big bat previously. I mean, he was an All-Star in 2021. So I think Omar Narvaez at least gives you that thing that I was talking about, just upside. Gives you a chance that like maybe he has a good year and the catcher position is stronger. I think Danny Jansen. I know we, you know, we don't know fully who's actually going to be available in trade, but I think Danny Jansen is a sneaky good option for this. Mm-hmm. I think he's my option number one. I don't think they're going and getting Alejandro Kirk or their, who's their other catcher, Gabriel Moreno. I don't think either of those are going anywhere. I think if it's any right. of those catchers, it's Danny Jansen. And I think uh, maybe Jed hasn't given me any good reason to believe he has any tricks up his sleeve, but I think that there might be a Cubs trade, a sneaky Cubs trade, uh, that we're going to see at some point before this offseason ends. And I think Danny Jansen would be a good candidate for that.
0: Yeah, I think, like, basically, if they let all the free agents slide off the board, they they don't have a choice. They have to trade for someone. Or they just... just,
1: They sign Austin Hedges, and uh, they don't get a hit out of the catcher position next year.
0: Yeah, that's a black hole. I kind of didn't like that last year, especially when uh, Wilson Contreras was hurt for a while. Basically, an auto out in, and in like, the lineup.
1: In a lineup that uh, has a couple other squishy parts, I don't. I don't think this lineup can have a an instant out like that. I think they need to have at least again the upside of a guy that can get a hit sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. I think Yan Yan Gomes was able to hit lefties every now and then, so that that'd be like the short side of the platoon if mm-hmm. Narvaez got most of the playing time as the lefty and then Jan got the rest of it as the righty, I think that'll work. Uh, I'll
1: say If they, I mean, if they really want to go full like defense and working with the pitching staff for the catcher position and they go out and get some bats elsewhere, I'm fine with it. Uh, yeah. If they really want to prioritize, if that's what, and it kind of feels like that's what they're leaning into. As long as you go and get a big DH bat, and gets a good hitter to play third base, I'm fine with it. But mm-hmm. if they don't, you know, if we go half measures on DH and third base and a first base platoon with Matt Mervis, then I don't really feel so good about a catcher position that's also an instant out. Because then I think we're looking at probably the six through nine spots in the lineup just being unbearable to watch for a year.
0: Yeah, basically an entire wasted inning every game. And I hate every those turns through. Yeah. And
1: you always get that point somewhere in the middle of the year where you got a bunch of guys that are hurt, a um, bunch of guys are getting days off. And so you have those like getaway days where, you know, a third of the lineup is just unwatchable. I don't want that for an entire year. So please, please sign a good DH is what I'm re- <laughs> requesting. Yeah.
0: I'm staying away from the relievers because I feel like the Cubs can build a bullpen on the fly pretty well. Mm -hmm. So I think they need to prioritize on bets. I I do agree with you. I'm looking at the available cornermen, and I think I I really want to see what Brandon Drury can do. And I know a lot of folks have been mentioning Trey Mancini. I don't Mm -hmm. know if last year was just like he was hurt or something weird happened, but he just uh, seemed to slump a lot. And then Brandon Drury uh, slumped quite a bit when he went to San Diego. It's like San Diego made all those big trades and they basically limped into the playoffs after that. So that was really unfortunate. But I kind of understood where they came from. And obviously, these guys have more potential to be, I, I guess, more powerful than whatever we had last year with Alfonso Rivas and Patrick Wisdom. Like Wisdom strikes out a lot and Rivas basically couldn't hit. So it's like anything would be an upgrade. And I think either Drury or Trey Mancini would work. And then you hope that Matt Mervis is what he's supposed to be based on all the scouting reports. But uh, that's, that's kind of like another eggs in the basket uh, situation where you can't really count on it because he hasn't shown anything up at this level yet because he isn't at this level, right?
1: Yeah. And I mean, talking about the internal options, I- other than Mash Mervis, who I think is going to hit 50 home runs every year for his entire career, uh, <laughs> who knows what you're going to get out of any other internal guys. Do we see Brennan Davis in the big leagues this year? I hope so. But this past year was, you know, the, the injuries.
0: It's very unlucky.
1: You cannot, you cannot bank on him showing up at any point in the year. The Canario injury breaks my heart. I think that was a guy that was going to play a big role for them next year had that injury not happened. And so the internal options, as we were talking about, just don't offer the upside other than Mervis to have a potential breakout year in a way that a guy like Brandon Drury, who's done it before. like We've seen him be good. And so maybe you sign Brandon Drury to a two year contract with a high AAV because I think he he ends up getting a, a decent amount of money. You sign him to the two-year deal and maybe he's good and maybe he's not. But worst case scenario, you've got him for two years and you gave it a shot as opposed to just running out Patrick Wisdom every day, whose defense kind of fell off a cliff last year inexplicably and then strikes out 40% of the time. And I love Patrick Wisdom. I think Mm -hmm. my guess is that the plan right now is to – platoon him and Mervis at first base over there and then maybe go external at third base barring any more moves Um,
0: yeah I guess the other thing that they could go with is let's say they do miraculously uh salvage their free agency and sign Dansby Swanson which I know a lot of fans aren't aren't really excited about but it's an upgrade
1: right I think Uh, both offensively
0: and defensively I think if
1: they sign Dansby and people are upset, and I don't like to tell people how to fan, but I think that would be unfair to Dansby. I think that there will be some initial reaction of, if it, I'm not talking like it, he is going to sign with the Cubs, but if he signs with the Cubs, I think there will be an initial reaction of, like, oh, great, the fourth best shortstop on the market. I mean, he's still better than what the Cubs got out of their middle infield last year. Nico was great. Dansby was better last year. And then second base was just a Black hole for the Cubs last year. So you put Nico over there. And, you know, Dansby. now it's a vacuum be, cleaner.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Dansby, I think, would be an upgrade and a, a necessary upgrade. I think he makes the team better. I think he adds a number of wins to this team. um And so I just hope if that happens, we don't get like a negative reaction to it. I just wanted yep. to say that. Yeah. I want, I hope that people are, if Dansby comes to Chicago, people are fair to
0: him. I think that that's something I can agree on. I was thinking just put Brandon Drury at third base and then first can be uh, wisdom Mervis platoon, or there is Justin Turner who was formerly a very star worthy player. Uh, so he is listed as a third baseman, but I'm pretty sure they've played it at first before and it wouldn't be too hard to just like save his legs and, do the money ball thing where they teach him how to play first base. If he hasn't done that too much, I feel like he has though.
1: It looks like, no, it doesn't look like he's I'm looking at his baseball reference. It does not look like he's played first base since 2016. Maybe, maybe he could do it. And we're, you know, or he can DH, right. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much I buy. He'll it'll, it'll be his age 38 year next year. He was good in the second half. And I think maybe when I saw Justin Turner, he looked bad and I didn't see him look good much last year, but I'm a little scared of him. (laughs) Um, But also you signed him on a one-year deal and like I was saying, worst case scenario, he's bad, right? But best case scenario, he's good and your team just got three wins better.
0: Exactly. And it it sucks that we basically have to try to patchwork a roster together and maybe squint and say if these guys hit their 95th percentile, they'll they'll sneak into the playoffs. Kinda hate that. Like I, I think the teams should basically always be like the Mets or the Padres or the Dodgers and just try to go for it every single year. I think that's what the Cubs should do. But barring that, like we, we gotta get there first. So I think you you try to use this year. Uh, You salvage it. You show three agents for the next time that this is a destination worth going to. Hopefully they figure out how to do that recruitment package like they did with uh, John Lester, you know, all those years ago. Just say, oh, imagine yourself with a World Series parade. And obviously it's not as big of a deal now that 108 year jokes are over for the most part except for the people who just can't let go. But yeah, I, I think you you just have to show some kind of potential first. Yes. And
1: and if you can't do that, be good at writing big checks. Yeah. Like the Texas Rangers.
0: Because if you know if the money flows, they're going to go. I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure of that. I bet uh, if
1: Carlos Correa 13 years and $365 million, he would probably be a cup. That just, Jed doesn't seem, the Cubs just don't seem like they have an appetite for that kind of deal right now.
0: Yeah, because there's like a humanity behind this too. Like I, I, You know, we've probably talked about this to death on Twitter and whatnot way, way before, but it, it's just upsetting to see this great team with all these players that we liked who are obviously talented. They, they allowed them to fester and degrade into whatever that was and now they're all gone and it's no fun to, to root for the Cubs anymore like there are guys that I really enjoy watching but the team as a whole is just it, it's not appealing and that's going to be something that they need to fix if they want to sell more tickets and not get pelted by vegetables at the Cubs convention this January like you got those emails any right
1: tomatoes. not a single tomato at Cubs this year they're gonna ban <laughs> them from the venue
0: Oh well, then they'll they'll bring cabbage and lettuce. Anyway, you you, you got those emails right, and you saw oh, yeah. the, the tweets of like you know Ian Half's gonna do his podcast, no. and oh, oh we today. have prospects. <laughs> prospects are gonna show up. Yeah, and of oh, course man. Pat Hughes Pat Hughes got the yeah. Four Frick Award, so that's great. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a highlight of the show, and hopefully there are other highlights as well because now that they don't have all that money dedicated towards signing a Correa or a Justin Verlander. They can probably throw it at Rodon if they really wanted to. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can try to push Marcus Stroman to at least a number two starter. Because I like Marcus, but he shouldn't be the headliner for a starting rotation for a competitive team.
1: I agree. I think that this team, this is why losing out on a guy like Senga was such a bummer. Because he had front of the rotation upside. Marcus Stroman is really good. He will be good he will not be an ace because that's just not his his style. It's not his skill set. Jamison Tyon will probably be average to good. And if he can give you 160 to 180 average innings, he will have been worth the money. But they don't have anyone that they can look at and say, okay, I think this guy can give us 160 innings of ace quality pitching. And it's, you need that – to get into the playoffs and you really need that once you're into the into the playoffs. So long term, they're going to have to find somebody. I think they've got some guys in the minors who, you know, have a little bit of that upside. I wonder about a guy like Kate Horton, we haven't seen him yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how he's do how he looks uh once he starts getting into games. But the guys that are closer, your Hayden Wasneski, your Jordan Wicks, those guys their upside is solid middle of the rotation guy, which has value, right? We just we're seeing the kind of money those kind of guys get. Um, but they're not aces.
0: Right. And uh, it's important to either try to get one through trade or a free agency or to down the line develop your own. But that's several years down the line because if these are the best pitching prospects and they're only middle of the rotation guys, then you know it, it's it's going to take a different strategy to build that top of the rotation guy
1: and you can go get that by the trade deadline but he you better be willing to say goodbye to all your favorite prospects
0: oh yeah yeah it's a trade that's gonna hurt but will help you in the long run (laughs) yeah i'm just hoping that the team will be in some kind of shape to say hey you know we're very very close convince everybody next year like i'm just not seeing a lot of good hitters obviously shohei otani is going to hit free agency if they even let him get there that that's about it i, I think uh manny machado might opt out i think rafael devers is mm-hmm. going to be in his 20 h27 season so that might be good
1: yeah i mean there there will be some i mean shohei right that's the guy you dream on um yeah. and you can if you let yourself get too carried away. You can convince yourself that the Cubs are being conservative this off season so they can save money and sign Troy next year. But I have had to force myself to stop thinking that way because I also yeah. thought they were saving up to sign Bryce Harper, and we all saw how that turned out.
0: I think uh, they just kind of yanked the money away at some point. It, it was weird because that, that was everybody's thought, and then it just simply didn't happen.
1: And then they signed Daniel Descalzo.
0: <laughs> Poor uh, he's,
1: I think he's been a punchline in the Cubs world for several years now. And I feel bad for him. He seems like a very nice, very nice guy.
0: Definitely not as good as Bryce Harper in the baseball. I would probably though. agree with that. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's no knock on his character. At some point over the next season or two, I'd like to see a team that I want to stay together for the next 10 years, like the Atlanta Atlanta yeah. is doing with a lot of their uh, extensions that's what we thought about last time so i feel like at this point the cubs really don't deserve a lot of our faith until they prove otherwise so the hope is that they will get do what they said the first time like have a bunch of guys grow together and that the fans will fall in love with uh for many many years but the reality is something totally different.
1: And there's a lot of value in signing and acquiring talent that is already good instead of just dreaming on potential future goodness. There are lots of player, good players available, even still, that are available for simply money. You just write them a check and then they come play baseball for you. Uh, and they generally play good baseball. So I think that the Chicago Cubs should do that until some of the younger guys show up. And so that Mm -hmm. we can have a watchable baseball team in 2023.
0: I I don't think your thought of a 500 team is too optimistic. I think it's reasonable. I'd like it to be more because they definitely need to be more even with the extra wild card to get into playoffs, but we'll, we'll see what happens when we get there and hopefully within the next week or so we'll get better news than whatever this past week was. That was rough.
1: The gauntlet of bad. Yeah. Bugs free agent moves
0: at least yeah, we got cody
1: Ballinger. i was really happy about cody bellinger
0: i still yeah am. there's hope for a bounce back like i don't think he's as bad as he's shown and hopefully they figure something out with him because uh otherwise their to looks bad again but at the same time it's kind of a deal that you make just at least have a solid defensive option and whatever else is there i i think it's just icing on the cake Are you buying into tickets
1: this coming season? So my chance to buy season tickets came up um, last year. Finally, Mm -hmm. after, you know, I joined the list. I didn't know how many years ago, but it finally (laughs) came up, but I just couldn't justify to myself the exorbitant cost of it, given the state of the roster and the the direction of the team. Um, And I still haven't put myself back on the list because they haven't, given me a reason to I don't have I don't feel connected to too many of the players on the team right now I love Ian Happ I love Nico I love Saya but outside of those guys you know I look at the team and I'm like here's some guys passing through and I just wish I knew what the direction of the team was if I felt like we were barreling towards contention even in 2024 I think I would feel better about buying into something like that. I don't feel like this is a team that is ready to compete in 2024 even, um, mm-hmm. unless they sh- show willingness to make the baseball apps decisions to field a competitive team right now. It just kind of feels like they're going to have to luck into it.
0: Yeah. My turn came up just before the pandemic hit and I had to say, yo, know, I don't even live in Chicago anymore. And then I got like our mutual Twitter friend. Uh, he was interested and then he listened to their spiel and decided, you know, it, it, it's like you said, it's way too much money for not enough product. So hopefully they figure that part out uh, again. Like there's a lot of figuring out. They basically have to uh, determine the proper message, uh, probably hire a better PR team, stop K- Crane Kenny from talking. Uh, get jetware more money that he can actually spend, all kinds of things. I think the farm is in good shape. Uh, it could be better. We'd like more impact guys and unfortunately they're not picking very high this coming year, but mm-hmm. at least there are, you know, those international signings that pique your interest. So yeah, we, I guess we'll see. I have
1: a question for you. Sure. If the clubs are not competitive in 2023, do you think Jed Hoyer loses his job?
0: That's an excellent question. Well, he's extended until like uh, 2025. So they'd have to basically pay him for three years that he's not working. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I could think it's 50 50 because there are some that think he's just not good at his job. I think he's been hamstrung and he's been basically thrown under the bus again because there was some public messaging. And I think he had a plan. It just. Didn't work out because of various number of reasons. And I think a lot of that might have to do with ownership and not so much shed wear.
1: And that's the frustrating part as a fan is you don't, you know, from our perspective, a guy like Carlos Correa doesn't get signed and you don't know if it's because the baseball ops department wasn't willing to do what they needed to do, or if ownership wasn't willing to do what they needed to do to do to make a deal like that happen. Um, so we really just don't know
0: yeah and that's the most unfortunate thing of all there there's a lot of misfortune befalling the cubs in this podcast episode and i think we we probably should talk about happier times but that will depend largely on what jed hoyer in the front office uh, with the blessing of ownership does next the beauty and the history in this cathedral the sky so blue against the grass so I want to thank you for hanging out with me today, Tyler. It was a lot of fun, very insightful. We are, of course, World Series dreaming. Uh, no longer have a blog, but we can find us on obstructedview.net, where I'm um, kind of trying to write a little more now. And unfortunately, a lot of the stuff we're writing now is basically ranting against the Cubs because they're disappointing us yet again. You can find Tyler on Twitter at runningflannel. Uh, you can find me uh, until the site explodes uh, at Cubix Uh Our theme song is by Rich Deanna and Randall Sanders. Pulled the radio call of the final out from the 2016 World Series that you heard at the beginning of the podcast. You can rate and share us on Apple Podcasts. And any email you have, questions, you can find us at worldseriesdreaming at gmail.com. Any last words, Mr. Tyler? Go sign
1: Dansby, Swanson, and somebody else.
0: Uh, Somebody's else, I think. Somebody's else.
1: Somebody that can swing baseball bats good.
0: Yeah. Good baseball players are always a good thing on a baseball team. So, uh, yeah, until next time, everybody. uh, Go Cubs. It
1: was more than just a game.